Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, coming to you today from Charlotte. No, Charlotte. Charlottesville. Where the hell are we? Charleston, South Carolina. We travel so much. I often forget. And there's so many words like that. Anyway, Charleston, South Carolina, which is not a bad place to be in the wintertime. But I have a really wonderful guest. In fact, I'm a little late pushing the go button because we've been just digging our conversation. David Lorenzo is a sales expert, author, business strategy consultant. Him and I are kind of doing the same thing in the business world. He's a sales expert, business strategy consultant. As I said, he's an author. He's built five successful businesses during the past 25 years. And some of his most impressive ventures include taking a corporate housing company from startup to $50 million in annual revenue. And he also led a uh, professional services firm from startup to over $250 million in revenue. I was just chatting with him because he has a podcast that is every single day, daily. <laughs> Some of my own clients have a hard time getting going weekly, but he's doing it daily. Sounds like it's going to be a fantastic um uh fact-finding mission here with some good nuggets for you also. Dave, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Jim. Great to be with you. Uh great to be aboard. Thank you. And uh, if, if my show is video, which you know, I started eight years ago, way before video was possible, and I just haven't switched over, but you're in a, you're get a little studio there for um, your inside BS show. And I always like to go uh, a little deep on the person, figure out their journey first, but I, I teased everybody. So I'm going to come back to that. Your podcast, which you are doing and I've done for a while, you made a commitment this year, you told me to go daily. Talk about that real briefly. Yeah, so one of the things I realized about myself was that I was a really good marketer, but I would get bored with stuff and lose my commitment, lose my lose my focus on things just as they were starting to work. And the example that I give to people is I have a I have a client that I work with now that's a, a big law firm that, and I developed a training academy for them, teaching their lawyers how to originate new business. They don't use the term sales in the practice of law. They call it origination. Right. So we created this origination culture program. They came to me because their uh, learning and development director listened to my podcast. So when he said to me, hey, listen, I listened to all 75 of your shows. At the time, I had 75 shows. And we think you're the right person to do this. I'd like to set up a meeting for you with the executive committee. After he told me that, I immediately stopped doing podcasts. So I thought to myself at the beginning of 2021, what are I do an evaluation at the end of the year? What are the what are the top three ways that I've that I've gotten clients? What's the highest client lifetime value that I've received from my marketing initiatives? And I looked and video was up there and I looked and, and podcasting was this great client. Now I'm working with 135 of their lawyers. I built a business development academy for them. They came to me from the podcast and I gave up on it. So I made the decision to uh, commit to doing the podcast. And I said, what was the biggest challenge I had with the podcast? Well, it was 
getting really great guests. I don't mind doing a solo show now and again, but getting really great guests and digging into the guests and using the guest recruiting process as a way to initiate new relationships with potential clients, that seems like a good idea to me. But the challenge was I'd never had the time to do it. So I said, what's the opposite of just putting this in a corner? Well, the opposite is putting it in my face. So right. how can I put this in my face? So I committed to doing it every stinking day. So every day now, every day, I spend 25, 30 minutes researching, looking for perfect guests, crafting the ideal email and sending it out. I send out probably 50, uh, sometimes 45, sometimes 50 emails every day for guests. And the response has been really good. You know, I think Joe Rogan helped everybody who has a podcast out a lot when he was in the news for getting like $90 million for yes. uh, for signing with Spotify. All of a sudden, everybody said, whoa, I need to check out this podcasting thing. So doing this has really in the last 60 days has increased my focus on who I want to target for the show. But it's also increased my focus on who I want to target for my business, because at least two or three days a week, I bring on people who I think would be ideal clients for me, and I interview them on the show. And it's just been a great, great opportunity. Yeah, if you're not in podcasts, I mean, what in the hell's wrong with you? I remember two or three years ago, some of the big radio giants, I remember Howard Stern actually said something about podcasts. Oh, you're in your basement with a microphone. That's not a real business. And like you say, then Joe Rogan gets like a gazillion dollars. And there's others that that do tremendous um, podcasts. And I think people are really digging the personal connection. And, and I mean, there's something for everybody. I remember when I started my show eight years ago now, or I'm in halfway through my eighth year, I'm like, oh, I'm really late to the game. There's hundreds, now there's millions of podcasts out there. So um, I want to go- It's funny, yeah, it's funny that you bring up, it's funny that you bring up what Howard said about podcasts. So how, what Howard forgets, or what he doesn't, what, what he, maybe he purposely forgets it, or he chooses not to talk about, people said the same thing about him when he went from terrestrial radio to satellite radio. That's right. right. I distinctly remember Don Imus saying, oh, Howard Stern, uh, you know, his career is over. Satellite radio, nobody's got any one of those things. Nobody's going to listen. So Howard Stern gets $100 million to go to Sirius Satellite Radio, and they've re-upped him twice on the same deal. Since then, he gets all kinds of stock in the company. And then Howard Stern poo-poo's podcasting says the same thing people said about satellite radio about podcasting joe rogan goes and gets 90 million or 100 million dollars to bring his podcast to spotify the moral of the story is do not listen to knuckleheads nobody <laughs> knows nothing if you think something's a good idea but more importantly if your clients tell you it's a good idea do it and go yeah. all in you know, it's funny, and I don't know the specific ages, but I think when Imus may have said that, who knows how old he is, but I mean, Stern's no young chicken anymore, so he's getting that old, I'll say anything, even if it doesn't make sense syndrome. Yeah, so. no, no, it's, look, any anytime, you know, there, there's a, there's an old saying, it's not just in marketing, it's, it's in business in general, anytime the crowd is going one way, if you go the other way, you're never going to be wrong. That's right. So, Dave, who is uh, Dave Lorenzo? When you're 18, you graduate high school. Did you go to college? Did you have the entrepreneurial just spirit pounding out of your chest and you went in business for yourself or what was that like? No, far from it. I, I come from a family, uh, an extremely loyal corporate family. My dad worked for IBM for 40 years. My mom worked for IBM for 18 years. 
So I thought to myself, well, I got to I got to figure out a way to get a good job and go to an office every day. Get those thin black ties, right? Uh, so it was white shirt, you know, a solid tie and either a blue or gray suit every single day. Yep. That's it. That's the that was the uniform. So my my deal was, you know, get a, go to college, get a good job, and then I'll stay in that job for my entire life, save a little money and, you know, move to Florida. Well, uh, that is not what ended up happening. I uh, soon discovered my one of my jobs when I was in college was as a bellman in a hotel. And to this day, that's still one of the best jobs I ever had because I met some of the most interesting people. I was able to connect with them. And while you're taking them to their room or while you're helping them with directions somewhere, you always find out their story. And for me, that intellectual curiosity is really what ended up making me successful in the hospitality industry. So I stayed in the hospitality industry for 12 years, worked for Marriott for uh, 10 of the 12, worked for a Marriott franchisee for two. And then I had some unique experiences in hospitality, which led to me being re recruited for a consulting company. And, you know, I thought to myself, well, what the hell do I know about consulting? I mean, I know, you know, I know one industry, but again, that intellectual curiosity reared its head and Consulting is just about asking questions and applying creative solutions to difficult situations. And it turned out I was pretty good at consulting, but in order to have credibility, I had to go back to school. So can you imagine like 15 years after graduating from undergrad, I go back and get an MBA and I loved school so much, I got a second master's degree and if I had my way, if candidly, if my wife would let me, I probably would be doing a, a doctoral program right now because I just love to dig into stuff and I learn to I love to learn and explore. And that's what I get to do with my clients every day. So wow. that's kind of the short answer to you know how it started and how I got where I am. Well, as it relates to education, that's where you and I part company. So I went the other way, but um, it's so I I I, I got to admit I do admire uh, people who can just pound out the the courses and the degrees and things like that. Um, so when did you start your first business? Did you get a little fed up just being a consultant working for the man or the woman or just you know one? When did you do your own thing? I literally was thrust into it. Um, so uh, I was. 40, I was 41 and overweight, working six days a week for a big time consulting firm, traveling all over the place. I literally would fly into New York uh, where I was living at the time, 5, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m. on a Friday night, fly out 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m. To, to someplace else on a Sunday night, you know, probably have two or three city stops doing high pressure uh, presentations, dealing with clients, overweight, unhealthy, um, engaged to be married for the second time, having burned through, uh, you know, one previous marriage. And I'm sitting in my office in New York City, and the phone rings. It's the middle of December. Consulting is usually quiet the two weeks uh, before Christmas and the week after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Phone rings. My assistant comes running in. She says, it's Jeff Kindler, the CEO of Pfizer. He wants the results of the Lipitor study. Uh, a little early. And I said, okay, we're, we're due to present January 15th. Um, I can go over there right at, between the holidays, between Christmas and New Year's, I'll go over and I'll do a presentation for him. She's like, no, no, no. He's on the phone now. He wants you to come over and give him whatever you got today. Cause he's oh going to China during the first couple of weeks. 
So I took a deep breath and I gathered whatever I had. We had, you know, raw data. I was going to, you know, figure out how I could work that into a presentation. And I ran downstairs, put on my coat, ran downstairs into the street, 6th Avenue and 43rd Street. As I'm crossing the street, beholden to this one client, because it was a, it was a $10 million client. My book was $20 million at the time. It was my biggest client. I'm crossing 6th Avenue and 43rd. There's probably 36 people in the crosswalk. 35 of them were able to avoid the taxi that struck me. Oh, no. Struck by a taxi cab, paralyzed from my armpits down. I don't remember anything. I woke up being wheeled down the hall, strapped to a backboard on a gurney in St. Vincent's Hospital, looking at ceiling tiles. And Jim, I did what everybody does in that moment. I don't care if you're religious or not. Whatever you think is running this whole thing we call life, you make a deal with him or her. That's right. So I made a deal with God and I said, listen, God, if you get me out of this, if somehow I come through this, I'm going to make some changes and I'm going to live my life on my own terms. I'm never going to be beholden to one stinking client again. Nobody's going to make a command performance of me. The thing I didn't tell you was I was scheduled to have lunch with my fiance. Now, my wife that day, we were going to go over wedding plans and I ended up canceling on her at the last minute. I felt bad. I was kind of conflicted, but at that time in my life, it was no choice. My best client calls, you know, put my personal life on hold, go and do it. Right. So when you ask why I became an entrepreneur, I became an entrepreneur because I got hit by a freaking cab on 43rd Street and 6th Avenue in New York City. At that point, so now, look, you can't see this. This is not on video, but I'm standing up. I'm jumping up and down. I'm moving. All my body parts work. I have two wonderful kids. It's important for me that you know everything works, okay? Those of you who are listening, I want you to know that I recovered from that, and immediately after recovering, I was like, this is a seminal moment in my life. I got to make some changes, and I, I just went out on my own and never looked back. That's amazing. Well, there's one thing we do have in common because when I was 41, I got cancer. Didn't know if I'd be alive in five years. That was the big game changer for me. But I want to keep this about you. By the way, what a what a phenomenal story. If you haven't done it yet, it's either a book or a title or, or one of your courses or whatever. But what I learned from getting hit by a cab in New York City or <laughs> why getting hit by a cab in New York City was a great experience. Something the like best that. best thing is the best thing that ever happened to me that I wish I knew that taxi driver today. I know. Right. So um, so you you started, you've had some success. And by the way, that, you know, the way I look at it, just to go back to that thing, I I look at that period of my life right now, because uh, not only did I have cancer, I was unemployed for 18 months and I had four teenagers at home. And but I look at that now that I call that my uh, season of crises. And, and, you know, sometimes God blesses you so much or loves you so much. He'll bless you with a season of crises to bring you into the the right life that you're supposed to live, because I was chasing the old going up the corporate ladder, chasing things and, you know, things. But anyway, so it's, it's interesting. Wow. So you, you got a taxi cab. I got cancer, but we, so we think about, think about this, Jim, there's so many people out there that say to themselves every day, you know, show me a sign, give me a sign. How stupid was I that I needed such, I needed a sign so big that I had to be, I had to fly 23 feet in the air and be paralyzed <laughs> from my armpits down. That's how dumb I am. I needed that big a sign. <laughs> well, hashtag men. I mean, that's just something I, I think that's a lot of men suffer from, from things like that. But anyway, um, so you've you've done very, very well. I, I know you've wrote a um, you've you've published a book, Dave, and I, I'd love to ask you about that. Um, 
It is called the 60 second sale, the ultimate system. And um, I was I was breezing through it on Amazon about an hour ago before our interview. Um, first of all, w- when did you write the book and, and what's the what's the big message? And then I want to ask you a couple of questions about it. Sure. The, the book's been out for a couple of years now. And the big message is this. If you have a deep relationship with your client or with somebody who's an evangelist, somebody who refers you business, you can get a multi-million dollar deal in 60 seconds or less if the trust is there and if your if your relationships are strong enough. So, you know, the title of the book, The 60 Second Sale, is about what happens when you have that connection with a client. And I tell people, you know, dozens of stories when I speak from the stage all the time about how, you know, I, I've closed small deals, big deals, medium-sized deals in 60 seconds or less with people who I already knew people who already liked me, people who already trusted me. Essentially, when you're doing work for clients, the client's betting his or her career on you. So if you do good work for them and you help change their life, change their career, improve their company, help them achieve their goals, the trust is deep. So you can make a recommendation. And as long as it's in their in the client's best interests and they have the money to pay you, They'll sign on the dotted line in 60 seconds or less. And that's why, you know, we focus on the title, the 60 second sale. That's why the subtitle is really the promise of the book, right? It's the ultimate system for building lifelong client relationships in the blink of an eye. Basically, this game that we're in, this great entrepreneurial journey is a collection of relationships. And if you're not thinking about where you're gonna be with the person who's in front of you five years from now, you're missing out on a huge opportunity with your clients. So the promise of the 60 second sale is that if you have enough relationships in your life, in your business, you can create income on demand. And if, if the pandemic has shown us anything, the pandemic has really brought out the people who have strong relationships, those businesses are thriving, and the people whose relationships are were not so strong, those folks had to go back and shore up their relationships in order just to make it through the pandemic. Right. Chapter two, this, uh, the first the first 60 seconds sets the tone for a lifetime. So this is the, are you taking this is the first 60 seconds of when you meet somebody, right? Because you're not going to meet somebody and go to the big sale in 60 seconds. You're saying trust has to be earned first. Right. So the first 60 seconds sets the tone for a lifetime is about having an external orientation. So if I wanted to do business with you, the first thing I would do is figure out Uh, what your goals are and how I can help you achieve those goals. But more important than that, Jim, I would need to find out why those goals are important to you personally. So those of you who are in the B2B space, you go in, you meet with a potential buyer and the buyer uh, says to you, well, Dave, we brought you in here because we have a specific need. We need a widget. And the reason we need a widget is because uh, our, our widget deficit is up to $20 million and the CEO wants us to cut that in half by the end of the year. Okay, well, tell me uh, a little bit about why you got to sign this. And then the person says why they got to sign this. And tell me, why is this project important to you personally, Mr. Buyer? I know you said to the CEO, he wants to cut the deficit by $10 million. Why is it important to you personally? Well, Dave, you know, it's important to me personally because the CEO brought me over here from our competitor, XYZ company. I worked with him over there. And this, this thing is really important to his legacy. If I help him conquer this, I think I could become his right hand and I could become the senior VP of widgets, tables, and chairs. So now I know 
that my fate is going to be tied to this person's fate. And if I help him cut this widget deficit, he's going to get promoted. So what does that mean for me? That means that if I help him get promoted, he's going to take me with him when he moves up to that bigger job and I can get bigger deals from him. So the bottom line is I'm looking to have an external orientation to figure out what I can do to help him be successful, not just with my widget sale, but I'm also going to introduce him to three other people I know who can help him in another area, who can help him be even more successful at the company. So I'm going to give things to him first before he ever signs on the dotted line. I'm going to make connections to people who can help him be successful. I'm going to introduce him perhaps to some of my other clients who can help him by doing business with him and his company. Anything I can do to make that person look good, to deliver value to that person, to help him succeed personally while we help his business succeed, I'm going to do it. Why? Because we're in the relationship business. This is all about me deepening my relationship with this person. And if I do it right, He's not only going to buy from me, but he's going to be successful and his career as it takes off with a rocket, like a rocket, we're going to go along for the ride. Well, that's that's really some great advice. Um, I'm really curious about chapter nine, anti-social media. I mean, I, I have such a love-hate relationship, mostly hate-hate, but with social media, what what's what's the deal with chapter nine? All right. So social media is, a you said it, it's a blessing and a curse, right? So you can use social media, things like LinkedIn, particularly if you're in B2B sales, LinkedIn is a valuable tool. However, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Clubhouse now, all of these things, they're massive time sucks and they only serve to get you in trouble. I don't care what your political leanings are. Nobody has ever won a fight on Facebook. Nobody has ever won an argument on Twitter. Nobody wins. Everybody thinks they're right. And you're putting yourself out there for everybody to see. Rule number one, don't fight with people on social media. If you need to use a social media platform and you're in, let's say, big ticket sales or B2B sales, go on LinkedIn, use LinkedIn to connect with two or three people a day, and then take those relationships off of LinkedIn into real life, figure out how to deliver value for those people. Social media is a valuable tool from a content publishing and distribution platform. It's also a valuable tool from a targeting perspective. So if you want to use Facebook, you want to use Instagram, you want to use even Google ads as a way to test messages, as a way to potentially get your product or your service or a free report or some type of, I call them honeypots, some type of engagement device to introduce yourself to people. You want to use those platforms to get information into people's hands. I think that's the best use of Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, Google ads, you know, LinkedIn is where relationships are for B2B salespeople. But, you know, the best tool, uh, the best thing to do with social media these days is to use it to test your message. Don't spend a ton of time getting sucked into it. It's just not worth it. You're yeah. not, it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel good to blast your uncle Joe because he has difficult, <laughs> uh, he has different positions than you on the election. 
I was actually interviewed about two weeks ago from somebody who's known me a long time. She goes, Jim, I just have to ask you, I've never, ever, ever seen you post anything other than your business advice and pictures of your boat. And I said, well, I call that staying in my lane. I, I, I said, if I thought for one minute that somebody with all the news and all the media and everything that's out there, somebody's, hey, but what does Jim Palmer think about gun control or abortion or politics or whatever? I said, what a, what a crazy ego I would have, right? So uh, I call it staying in your lane because one way or the other, you're going to piss off at least 50% of prospective prospects when you go there. Well, and it just it there's no look if you if you have strong political beliefs and you want to try to win people over to your way of thinking more power to you. But social media is not the place for that. That's there's right. No, that, that it it doesn't the forum does not work for that purpose. It only serves to put a target on your back. And uh, let me tell you a quick story, Jim. So I. Um, I had an experience where I commented uh, years ago, two years ago, three years ago, I commented on somebody else's thread on Facebook. It wasn't even I didn't even post it on my page. It was a political post. And I put my comment on somebody else's thread. Do you know that that another person who was just a random person who happened to read my comment on the thread decided that I was going to become his pet project? And he went to every site that I was on, including where my Amazon book reviews were. And he posted horrific things. Like, you know, I'm talking about things where he was threatening me, threatening my family, threatening to mm -hmm. do horrible things to my wife and my kids. He called me on the phone, left me a voicemail message. He ended up mailing something to, he did, he did his homework, ended up mailing something to my house. It got so bad, we had to get the police involved. And Jim, that was from one comment yes. I left on a thread that somebody else posted. I didn't even put that on my own Facebook page. So if I didn't learn my lesson prior to that, that was a wake up call for me where I'm not, you know, I have I have specific opinions and if people want my opinion, I'll give it to them in person over a beer. But I'm not going to put myself out there on social media because I'm not going to convince anybody of anything by doing that. Well, that was the equivalent of getting hit by a cab social, in yeah. social media standards. So, so Dave, you, you learned your lesson. Nobody can claim you as being slow. So I've only got about four more minutes with you. I want to try and squeeze in one more question. I remember, I don't know if I saw it in your blog or something, but seven deadly mistakes that are preventing you from making the money you deserve. We don't have time to go into all seven, but maybe share maybe one or two. Sure. Well, the, the first one we've kind of talked about uh, a little bit already, and that is thinking that your business is about you right? Your business is not about you. Your business is about your client. And if the client doesn't have a need for your product or service, maybe you're in the wrong business. And I use, uh, I use a story that uh, I heard years ago. When I, was, when I worked for Marriott, I ran a hotel that was in the Meadowlands Sports Complex. And one day uh, we got really lucky. Bill Parcells was coming for a meeting back when he was with the Jets, not the Giants. And he checked into the hotel because his meeting was early the night before. And um, I asked him who the best player he ever coached was while he was checking in. And he said it was Lawrence Taylor. And I said, why? And he told me this story. And he's told this story in other places before. Um, you know, it sounded familiar when he said it. And then I looked it up online. He said it a million times. He said Lawrence Taylor was the best player because intuitively he knew that he had the ability to change the complexion of the game. So he, we, we, he said, I'll tell you a story about his rookie year. And in his rookie year, uh, he he was playing linebacker and the play called for him to drop back into pass coverage. And what did he do? He blitzed 
and he he ended up sacking the quarterback. So he comes off the field. That was that was third down. He comes off the field and Parcells rips off his headset. He goes over to him. He's like, don't you know what you're doing? We didn't call for that. You were supposed to drop in a pass coverage. You know how bad that could have been. And Taylor just shook his head later in the game. Same thing happens. They call for Taylor to drop back into pass coverage. He blitzes again. He gets the sack. Okay. Again, Taylor comes off the field. Parcells goes, that's it. I'm going to bench you next series. You're sitting out. Taylor shakes his head and he sits down. So later in the game, two minutes left, the game's on the line. They call for Taylor to drop back into pass coverage. Again, he blitzes, knocks the ball out of the quarterback's hands. They recover the fumble. They kick a field goal. They win the game. Parcells is furious. They won the game. He's happy, but he's furious with Taylor. He pulls him aside, doesn't want to make a spectacle in front of everybody, pulls him aside and says to him, there is no play where you are ever to blitz. You got to cover the flat because if you don't cover the flat and the tight end gets out there before you can get to the quarterback, you know, he's going to, they're going to complete that pass and that guy's going to run 70 yards for a touchdown. There is no play that calls for you to blitz. Do you understand that? And Taylor says, coach, I think you need to put in a play that calls for me to blitz. And then he just walked away. And Parcell said in that moment, I realized that the guy who was on the field with that type of ability knew more about how to change the complexion of the game than I did in designing plays. So from that point on, they designed the defensive schemes around Taylor's ability to change the complexion of the game. You, with your clients, make the mistake of thinking your product is going to shoehorn in or your service is going to shoehorn in and solve other people's problems. That's not the way to do it. Focus on uncovering and providing the uncovering your, your client's problems, providing the best solution to him or her. And when you do, you'll realize that the whole world opens up for you and you can sell 20 different products or 20 different services because the client now trusts you because they think you have their interests at heart. Change the game based on what the client needs. Don't try and shoehorn your product or service in to fit with every client. What a phenomenal story. Good Lord. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. I, I've heard it before, but I loved hearing it again. Um, man, talk about eyes, eyes open, you know, and ears open and actually just getting out of your own way. Wow. I, it's so impressive that uh, LT, I think they used to call him, really stepped up and was able to, you know, speak truth to power, as, as the saying goes. Well, I think he just knew, you know, and this is this is something that I talk with my clients about. I'm sure you talk with your clients about a lot. He, LT had a lot of self-awareness and he knew that for an outside linebacker, he had speed that was incomparable. And he knew that he could get to the quarterback before the tight end could release and get out in the flats, especially if, and they had a great line at the time, especially if, you know, the linemen were chipping the, were chipping the tight end so that he couldn't get off the line fast. LT knew he could get to the quarterback before that tight end could get out there. And rather than go to the coach and say, hey, coach, listen, I can do this. The coach would have been like, no, there's no way. Nobody could, no human being could do that. He decided to show him. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Parcells being a huge disciplinarian was able to step back away from his ego and say, you know what? This is a unique talent. It's a special talent. We need to design our defensive schemes around him from now on. Well, what a fantastic interview, Dave. I'm sure people are uh, really digging this uh, conversation. I'm sure they also want to connect with you. And so tell them about your daily podcast. And uh, I think you actually created a special link for my listeners. Yeah. So you can go to go to DaveLorenzo.com 
forward slash DBR, forward slash DBR, just like the first three words in your show, DaveLorenzo.com forward slash DBR. There's free stuff there for you. You can, you can sign up for the podcast. You can get a free copy of the book just by buying another one. You can get a consultation with me. There's all sorts of stuff you can get there. Just go to DaveLorenzo.com forward slash DBR and take advantage of the free resources we have for you. Courtesy of Jim. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for Jim, you wouldn't have the opportunity to get this stuff for free. And and courtesy of, uh, well, in this case, AT&T, because I have three portable Wi-Fi's. One of them usually works where I am. So I'm actually able to do my work. That's, that is the uh, my that's the bane of my existence is making sure I can connect with my clients on this crazy floating journey run. Dave, thank you so much, man. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Jim, it was an honor. Thanks for having me. Hey, folks, that wraps, this, wraps up this very special interview with Dave Lorenzo, and he is the author of The 60-Second Sale, the ultimate system for building lifelong client relationships in the blink of an eye. And connect with him at DaveLorenzo.com forward slash DBR for Dream Business Radio if you're slow in the uptake. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. If you're connected with me only here in this podcast, you can fix that by going to GetJimPalmer.com, GetJimPalmer.com. If you're interested in my mastermind group, the Dream Business mastermind that's dream biz coaching dream biz coaching.com but until this time next week another fantastic interview i'm captain jim palmer and you take good care now it's time to go implement what you've learned great ideas are nice but results only happen through action and implementation so stay focused kick all distractions to the curb sleep a little less if you have to and create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle to learn about building your dream business join jim's free dream business facebook community at dreambizgroup.com that's dreambizgroup.com see you next week for more dream business radio